From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Good morning and welcome to GRN Alive. Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us on this beautiful Friday morning. It is June 19th. We are in the uh, 11th week of Ordinary Time. And today is also a very special day because today is the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is a very important day. Uh, tomorrow is the Memorial of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So today and tomorrow we're celebrating the two hearts, the heart of our Lord and also uh, the heart of Our Lady as well. So uh, and also, we can't forget, on Sunday, even though liturgically it's going to be the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, it's also Father's Day. So we, uh, we'll have a word here in a second to say about our dear fathers as well. So my name is Dave Palmer, host of the Friday edition. Joe and the team from Houston uh, do Mondays. And typically, I am joined in studio with Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas in Sissel. But this is a recorded program because I'm actually on vacation this week. <laughs> or you're by locating. Uh, yeah, right. So I'm uh, I'm not in here live. We recorded this in advance. But uh, uh, Cecil, this is uh, we got a great show. I'll just I tell you quickly uh, who's going to be on the program today. As you know, everybody's aware that the last. Uh, Couple weeks, two, three weeks have been in incredibly tumultuous, uh, from our country as far as, uh, all that's been going on, starting off with the, uh, the murder of George Floyd and then all the protests and the rioting and the looting and civil disorder, the calls for the defunding of, uh, police departments. And it's just been a chaotic couple of weeks. And, uh, in light of the fact that Sunday's Father's Day, I'm really excited, uh, we're gonna have a gentleman by the main name of Devin Shad on in just a few minutes. Uh, he's co-founder of a wonderful group called Fathers of St. Joseph. It's an apostolate that works for the renewal of authentic fatherhood. He's also the creator of Lead, the Four Marks to Fatherly Greatness System. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is that a lot of people, it may be a little too simplistic to say that all the problems in our culture is because of fatherlessness, but I think it's one of the contributing factors. Well, it's at least all the problems in our culture are from problems in a family because yeah. the family your how you grow is in your family so definitely yeah. and often too often the the one that checks out is dad you right. know dad's gone definitely. and dad's not in the home and so uh devin will sp- certainly speak of that later in the hour in uh, another very important topic and it almost sounds too obvious but we need to be digging into scripture we need to be reading uh, the bible every single day and uh, i am going to have a spokesperson uh, by the name of John Stotts on with me. He is uh, with he represents Catholic Bible Press. He's also a director of adult formation for Christ the King Catholic Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And like I said, it sounds very simple, but he's going to be talking about why it's important to read scripture, especially during tumultuous times that we are living in right now. And we just have to dig in deep and we got to read the Bible. And I have started doing that. Uh, just I haven't consistently done it all my adult life, but just a, a month or two ago, I just said, you know what, every morning I'm going to read scripture 
And I'd say at least five or six mornings of the week. Awesome. I'm not perfect, but I, yeah. I try to do Same. that. <laughs> uh, you, you get into that habit as well? I'm trying to, yeah, definitely. Just doing the daily readings. So. Yeah. So, all right. So the two hearts, as a, a convert to the Catholic yeah. Church, uh, what does that mean to you? Have you d- kind of gotten into these devotions? I've gotten into them a little bit. I'm still, I'm still working through it. I actually was able to go, um, to one night, uh, our homeschool group hosted a painting party where we p- painted, um, the, the two hearts and we did a little devotional on it. So I got to learn more. But it, it's a really it's it's a beautiful um, devotion, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I try to say the morning offering um, as often as I can every morning. Yeah. Why don't we start. say that? That's a good uh, idea. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, I, I will say also um, that it used to be much more common for people to have in their homes an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yes. And I know sometimes they also sell them now the the two hearts mm-hmm. where you have the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the and I think it's just a great idea. Get it blessed. Have it in your home. My wife is very good about having a lot of religious images. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't look like a shrine. I mean, but right. we have enough that when anybody walks into our house, they, they know, know they it. know it's a Catholic they home. They know it's Catholic. And I think that's important. And Definitely. so let's go ahead and, and, and pray the morning offering because it does uh, mention the, the, the two hearts Definitely. in this. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee all of my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of thy sacred heart, the salvation of souls, the reparation of sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops, and most especially those offered by our Holy Father this month. And then I like to say, all holy saints and angels, please pray pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I started talking with you and then I re- praying with you and then I realized you were saying a different version than oh, I said. So I was like, this is okay. not going to end well. Well, that was but your idea and I stole my- <laughs> the prayer from you and I just took over, you know, didn't I? I was like, let's not say conflicting things. But anyway, there's many variations of it. It's a beautiful prayer to start your day. Yeah, it certainly is. And so, uh, again, happy solemnity today. And the cool thing about solemnities that fall on Fridays, you know what that is? Is that if you typically uh, give up meat yes, or, you know, we're, right. all, we're all oh obligated to, uh, uh, to, to give something up. up you, know, on you have Friday. to have exactly, some kind of sacrifice. Exactly. And I'd like to do a show just on that because, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll, you know, say, oh, gosh, I won't have salt on my meal or, mm, or no sugar how, how small the day. can it yeah. be? Or, you know, we could do big sacrifices, but on a solemnity, you're not supposed to do sacrifices because this is a, a day reminder. when we are, are supposed to celebrate. So awesome. anyways, and uh, do you want to say anything about uh, your dear father? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, some of you may remember Brian, my mom passed away a couple of years ago. So my dad is now kind of the sole parent, which is not an easy job, I don't think, mm-hmm. for anyone. So I am just super thankful for having my dad, who is a strong and devout Catholic in our lives so that he can be a good leader that we can talk with that he's still very involved in our lives so i'm just super thankful for him Mm -hmm. my father passed away 28 years ago i was 25 uh, at the time i think i got my math right Uh, my my dad's name is patrick i've got a son now named patrick my dad was a strong silent type didn't Mm. didn't say a lot but a good good man he worked hard He, he you know he uh, wasn't the one to, to 
talk a lot or share his feelings, but uh, he was very solid and took his faith very, very seriously. Uh, when he died um, a number of years later, my mom married again to Jim, who is, uh, thanks be to God, still alive. And uh, Jim is my stepfather, and he's also a good man. I always tell my mom she is, she's good at picking, picking uh, husbands. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a good example. My, my sisters have picked very good husbands as well. Yeah, and so we it's have, a good we example have, to the kids. Yeah, and so uh, I just, you know, it's where we're going to be going to break here in a second and have our first uh, interview with Devin Schott uh, uh, with the uh, Fathers of St. Joseph. Uh, this is a, a really good group, and he has a lot of great advice that he's going to share with us. And I would just like to say, I know fatherhood is a struggle, and I know that the media all wants to make all men and all fathers look like doofuses, and there's an element in our society that's telling us that we're not needed, that women can be fine, they can raise kids on their own, and sometimes under some circumstances they have to if there's a death or an unfortunate circumstance. But, you know, kids need fathers in the home, and the father, his role is so important. And so as you listen to this interview that's going to come up in a few minutes, I hope you are um, blessed by it and that you kind of recommit yourself to just being a good, good man to your wife and to your kids as well, and also just be a man of faith. And so uh, that's the program for today. Again, this is going to be a recorded one. And, oh, by the way, there's a surprise at the end of yes, the show. Okay, definitely keep listening to the end of the show. You're going to want to. Yeah, you're going to uh, have an opportunity to win something. Okay, And it's going to be the greatest thing you can possibly win other than salvation itself, which I don't have the power to give you. <laughs> no, okay? that but can't it be is, bought. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's a, it's a really good thing that you're going to have a chance to, to get. And we will mail it to you and... Uh, that's all I'm going to say, okay? <laughs> all right, so we'll be talking about the Bible later on with uh, John Stotts and also uh, Devin Schott joining us in uh, just a couple of minutes uh, with the uh, Fathers of St. Joseph. This is GRN Live Friday edition, and we thank you for joining. No reason to call in, but thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy today's show. God bless you. This is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network, with this week's GRN Family Minute. Please know that in these dark and difficult times, the Guadalupe family is praying for you and your family. Now is the time for faith and action. In Hebrews 11.1, St. Paul says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What St. Paul is saying here is that we hold to supernatural hope against the false hopes of the world. We hope even when it seems like all hope is lost. This is crucial in today's world when all seems so hopeless. Whether it's our hope for someone fighting an addiction or battling cancer or the COVID virus or struggling with some other suffering. Truly, what we need to have is the hope and trust that God gives to us. The Guadalupe Radio Network is here to be that voice that gives us hope, faith, and courage in action. May God bless you and your families. All right, on the line with me now, Devin Shad. He's a husband, father, author, speaker, transmits the message of the glory, necessity, and power of fatherhood. He's the co-founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph, an apostolate that works for the renewal of authentic fatherhood, and he also is the creator of LEAD, the Four Marks to Fatherly Greatness System. He lives in the Midwest with his wife and his five children. He also uh, has started a program called the 40 Days to Fatherly Greatness that we're be talking about and what awesome timing because we're just two days from father's day so it's a great opportunity to speak to you for the first time devin thanks for joining us today 
Thank you for having me on. All right. Uh, website is fathersofstjoseph.org. It's fathersofstjoseph.org. And I want people uh, after the interview to visit the website and learn more. It's a really a beautiful website. And I just love some of the, the images and the things that are on here. And uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, Devin, let's first of all start with the problem. I mean, over the last few weeks, we have seen devastation and riots and people filling streets and destroying and just things that are just amazing. And I I scratch my head and I, I look at these mostly young men. There's some women in there, but mostly these young men and say, what is going on that these people, what is the anger? What is the rage? And I'll, I'll throw to you, but I recently saw a, a, a Twitter feed from somebody I respect, Larry Elder. He's a conservative African-American radio host, and he said the top 10 reasons for uh, what we're seeing in our culture today, uh, the, the you know, he said number 10 is fatherlessness, number 9 is fatherlessness, number 8 is fatherlessness, <laughs> and he went all the way down. Obviously, the point he's making is there's a crisis in fatherhood. I'm, I'm guessing you would agree. Absolutely. Yeah, that was my conclusion, you know, in trying to discern why all this is happening, and and our culture is really missing this. I mean, I'm not an expert in demographics and cultural movements and how everything, you know, plays out, but when you look at this situation, uh, and, you know, we have to be careful. Obviously, it was a terrible, uh, horrific incident, a man being killed by a police officer, murdered. Yes. That's awful. But this is not racism. Yeah. And we have to be clear about that because that, but we use that or we don't, but people are using that incident as a way to claim, um, and you know, this anti-racism movement, which actually ends up being a racist movement yeah. in a sense. So, but what is the real problem here? It has nothing to do with racism. It has everything to do with fatherlessness, because if you look at the people who are committing the crimes generally, if just, I mean, one of the statistics is, huge is that two-thirds, well, let's let's begin, nearly 90% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes. Mm -hmm. And if you look at where most criminal activity takes place, it's taking place in these areas where families do not have fathers. Um, Unfortunately, mothers are left with raising the children or are, depending on welfare, um, in order to survive. Uh, children are joining gangs. The boys are joining gangs in order to protect themselves, to find brotherhood, because they don't have a father to protect them. And because of this, I mean, and you look in the African-American communities, what do they say? Two-thirds of children grow up without their biological father, which yeah. is an amazing phenomenon for time. So when we look at the stats, we can, if we're really being honest with ourselves, this has everything to do with fatherhood. And that's what we have to focus on. We have to try to fix that. If we can't, we have to work with God to try to provide remedies to alleviate this cultural gaping wound. Yes. 
I, I love you have a picture on your website, uh, fathers of St. Joseph.org of a man. It looks like a maybe a three or four year old son and they're just embracing, looking each other in the eyes. And it's just, it's just a, a wonderful connection that's being made between the father and son mm. and changing the world by changing fathers, working for the redemption, revitalization and restoration of fatherhood. Uh, so needed. Uh, but let me, let me take a step back and, uh, you know, I know I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush for every fatherless, um, home because I mean, I know there's probably mm-hmm. some some mm-hmm. situations where a guy doesn't have a father and he turned out fine but what's mm-hmm. what's you know psychologically what's going on where he doesn't have a father and maybe he even has a good mother but still he just grows up and there's there's that that gap in his life what is it that a father can provide for a son in particular that even a good mother can't well i mean we can get into all sorts of psychological, um, I guess, interior needs and responses. But I think the main thing is is that young men are looking for strength and young women are looking for someone who will affirm their true dignity and beauty. Mm-hmm. So when a father, even if he is in the home, if he doesn't see his daughter, if he doesn't choose his daughter and uphold her beauty and remind her of it and remind her of her goodness and her dignity, she will look for that affirmation elsewhere from guys that her mom and dad don't approve of. And that happens all the time. And when sons don't have the approval of their fathers, when they don't have that encouragement, that affirmation, that discipline, um, that discipling, they will look for somebody who will give it to them and they will find somebody who will disciple them perhaps in other ways. And so I think that, you know, God really so beautifully through the prophet Malachi gave us his plan for redeeming the world in Christ is a foreshadowing. But he said, before that day, the great and terrible day, I will turn the hearts of fathers toward their children and the hearts of children toward their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with anathema. And the point is, is that God is saying, not that I want to strike the land with anathema, but I'm giving you the remedy so that it doesn't happen. And that is when fathers actually choose to live their vocation for God, that is, by being a faithful husband, as Christ is to the church, and sacrificing himself for his bride and for his vocation. When a, when a man takes up spiritual fatherhood, not just biological fatherhood, but he chooses to actually raise his children for Christ and in Christ and be that priest of the home, that's, that's when children experience affirmation, confidence. They are not looking necessarily to the world for affirmation or lauds, but they have that. So so what a father provides, a father provides this interior confidence that God the Father loves that child. Mm. So the child, when they feel their human father's love, because the human father is set up by God as an icon, as Ephesians 3.15 tells us, as an icon of God the Father, the child intuitively understands God the Father loves me. God the Father's chosen me. God the Father delights in me. But when that is missing, then we have to, well, we don't have to, but we're so tempted to try to be chosen, delighted in, and affirmed by anyone, anyone who could fill that gap. Yeah, so true. Fathers of St. Joseph is the group. Uh, Their website is fathersofstjoseph.org. Just spell saint with S-T. And I'm talking to the co-founder, Devin Shad. And 
I guess one thing we have to make a point of is that a fatherless home, in some sense, could be a father who's physically in the home but absent spiritually and you know you know working 16 hours a day and coming in and having meals and running out so fatherlessness doesn't necessarily mean there's no physical father in the house it's fatherhood is more than just showing up right exactly that's that's what said dave so the idea here is that a spiritual director said in time to me um do not become a street lamp in order for your house to go dark. Mm. And a lot of times what we do as men, because men are hardwired um, for respect. You know, Ephesians 5 tells us this, wives respect your husbands. This is a deep need for men. We want to be respected. And so a lot of times, because the vocation to be a father, a husband, a spiritual leader, uh, we may not get the lauds at home or the or the accolades that we desire because Frankly, our family knows us. They know who we are inside and out. And so we tend to try to push ourselves in the workplace, push ourselves in our hobbies or in these endeavors to try to get the fans, the followings, and the likes. And and then what happens is we become a street lamp, and even for the Lord, we can become a street lamp, but our house goes dark. And Isaiah's really, um, he's, He's adamant about this is that, you know, help the poor, do this, do that, but do not turn your back on your own. Let's talk about some of the solutions. Uh, obviously, your whole apostolate <clears throat> is strengthening fathers, and you have so much. You have podcasts, and I mentioned in the introduction the program lead, the Four Marks to Fatherly Greatness system. Let's talk about that, and then we'll also talk about 40 Days to Fatherly Greatness. So uh, what is lead, and what are those four marks? Yeah, so lead is uh, a program for fathers, for men, um, so that they can actually learn from St. Joseph and learn from Jesus Christ what it means to really be a man. And so what we believe is that um, there are kind of three stages to a man's life. There is boyhood, there's manhood, and there's fatherhood, and spiritual fatherhood. And the boy is concerned with himself and everybody taking care of him. The man is concerned with taking care of himself, and maybe he'll sacrifice and suffer for something he wants for himself you know, he pays his car loans, he, he works, at, you know, harder at work to get a raise or to make more money. But the spiritual father, his responsibilities multiply exponentially. He has probably one of the most difficult jobs in the world because he's no longer just responsible for himself. And now, in, in the opposite position of the boy, he has to actually be selfless because he's taking on the responsibilities, the cares, the struggles, the sufferings, of his family members and even his friends. And so the Father, Father of St. Joseph produced LEAD. And what LEAD is, it's a video program, at least the, there's several components to it, but the first part is 40 Days to Father the Greatness, which is 40 days of about five-minute videos um, sent directly to your inbox, which takes you from A to Z through St. Joseph's spirituality. And LEAD is an acronym for the four pillars, so listen to embrace, embrace your mission. So you listen to God, you embrace the silence to hear what God has to say about your life, your purpose, the plan he has for you. Um, then E is to embrace your essence, to learn how to become a man by loving woman rightly, to by 
defeating lust in the heart, by bearing your wife's burdens as your own, um, by embracing and being devoted to the Blessed Mother as Joseph was, um, which really was his secret weapon. And the first in, in, inaugurated is called the fatherly greatness by receiving her. And then A is assuming your authority by becoming the protector, the provider, and the priest, the teacher of your family, and leading them to God. And then D is discovering the disciple in your child. You know, as Jesus says in Matthew 18, he says, whoever receives one such child as this receives not only me, but receives the Father. So the key is, is we're called to not only be biological fathers, but to be spiritual fathers who spiritually adopt our children. We become, in a sense, their spiritual leaders. We try to connect them with Christ and connect them with the Father ultimately so they can experience his love. And so Lee takes you through this roadmap and it, from A to Z. And the 40 Days to Fatherly Greatness is kind of like the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. because we created a devotional that has about a half year's worth of daily, succinct, bite-sized reflections that takes you in a detailed way through all of this. And so it's very powerful. The responses that we're getting are unbelievable. I mean, just just very powerful um, from people who've embraced this content. Yeah. So, uh, FathersofStJoseph.org yeah. is a website. I'm on there now, and if you go to Resources, you'll see Lead, and you can just click on that. There's also uh, so much here, podcasts, kids' books, um, blog, uh, books and CDs. There's a lot there, so I do invite everybody to please visit the website. We're talking to Devin Shad, uh, co-founder of Fathers of St. Joseph, uh, just a couple days before Father's Day here, so it's very timely. Um, Devin, talk about the... Um, the the role of friendship uh, with other men. I, I it's been so nice to see over the last uh, ten fifteen years these men's conferences uh, pop up. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know Exodus ninety and uh, you know these these getting men together to to do more than just watch football games uh, or you know talk about nonsense or their jobs. So you're really getting deeper. Uh, the the role of of um, you know of iron sharpening iron and men having authentic uh, Catholic friends, male friends. Yeah, I think that's essential. I, I, in fact, um, one of the things that I realized early on is that, you know, if you're going to win, you have to be part of a team. Mm-hmm. You know, the quarterback, if he doesn't have an offensive line, no matter how good of a quarterback <laughs> he is, he's going to be sacked every time, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so if we are on our own, if we're, you know, an island in ourselves, we're just not going to make it. And one of the things that Christian brotherhood, Christian friendship does is it summons us to manhood, to true manhood in Christ, mature manhood, because the reason is because at some point in the friendship, your weaknesses come out. Yeah. Uh, you become vulnerable. And in that, what happens, at least in my experience, is men come alongside of you and they, they still are befriending you, they're mentoring you, they're being patient with your weakness, but they're calling you to a greater place. And without that, I think especially in a fatherless society. I mean, so many of my friends had dads at home, but they were neglectful dads, Mm -hmm. or dads who were extremely self-focused. And so, in a sense, we can receive that spiritual fatherhood through these friendships that you're talking about and these groups that you're talking about, which is so essential. 
It certainly is. And, you know, let's talk about St. Joseph himself. I, I half-jokingly say sometimes my wife wishes I was more like St. Joseph because he never spoke. I talk yeah. too much. But, you know, I mean, we got to be honest. St. Joseph does play a pretty small role. I mean, I don't mean small as far as importance, but as far as how many mentions and, you know, what he says, which is, you know, basically nothing in, in Scripture. But yet we know he's a powerful intercessor. So speak about the man, St. Joseph, and how men can really tap into his intercessor intercession and the power of also uh, using him as a role model yeah well first of all he never says says a word in scripture but the scriptural passages that do speak of him are so powerful and so insightful that literally we could spend the rest of our lives meditating on these for example i mean even saint thomas aquinas brings out the fact that when um the angel comes to joseph and says uh, the, the the men who were seeking the child's soul or child's child's life is now dead. Archelaus or Herod, I think Herod yeah. is now dead. Well, the the actual Greek and Latin word for child's life is actually soul. Saint Thomas says, and Saint Thomas says, then Joseph was the guardian of not only Jesus's body but his soul. And so you start to tap into things like that, or the way that Joseph refused to expose Mary to shame, or how he embraced Jesus though he was not his biological child and became his spiritual father, and on and on. Um, that's In fact, that's what I've written about in Joseph's way at length and in Show Us the Father and in so many in lead, you know, is is how we can tap into the scriptures to discover this powerful man, St. Joseph. But what we one, one of the keys to St. Joseph that we learn right away in scripture is that he took his problems to God. Yes. So he discovers his wife pregnant without his cooperation. And what does he do? He immediately embraces the silence, and he waits to act. He waits on God. And I think for men, we are so solution-based, we're so goal-oriented, we want to get things done, we want to act now, and we become impatient. And St. Joseph teaches us that we're called to place everything in God's hands, to continually, every day, turn to God and embrace the silence and wait for him to tell us what to do. And God will tell us what to do one way or another. And I think St. Joseph is the master of the interior life. He's the master of purity, sexual purity. He's the master of fatherhood. He's the master of protecting uh, a family. He is the man who was able to integrate work and family life and he was able to be a spiritual leader of the two of the most perfect people in existence, Mm -hmm. the Son of God and Mary. And yet, in his humility, he accepted that role to lead. And so we looked at St. Joseph and his men. Man, we, we have an example here who wasn't a celibate priest. You know, he wasn't uh, like Jesus was celibate. Jesus was chaste, uh, a celibate way. And so, but Jesus wasn't, a, in a sense, a father of a family, even though he's, a, in a sense, a father of the church. But Joseph was literally a father of the family. Joseph was literally a husband. And so most of us men in this world are husbands and fathers. And so God has raised up St. Joseph, especially for our age, to show us what it means to be a true father, a true husband, 
and a true spiritual leader of your family. Yes. Uh, Devin Shaw joining us just about out of time. Have about a minute remaining. He's co-founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph. You can find him online, fathersofstjoseph.org, uh, fathersofstjoseph.org. A lot of resources there, including that 40 Days to Fatherly Greatness. Uh, what a great time, you know, two days before Father's Day. I just, um, as we wrap up here, Devin, I, I just, you know, we talk a lot about fathers and the role of the father, the importance of the father, and I just want to uh, bring in mom, you know, because without mom, the, the father is just not a team. And so um, let's bring the mom in and talk about her importance and the teamwork between man and wife in really um, having as godly of a home as we possibly can. What, how, what, what, what makes for that good bond, that good relationship? Just have about a minute remaining. What makes for a good bond and good relationship with a woman, with a wife, is vulnerability, communication, and addressing her needs. Mm. I mean, and which means you just got to get outside of yourself and find out what she really needs. There's four universal needs, in my opinion. She she longs to be beautiful, physically, emotionally, spiritually. She she longs to be pursued. She wants emotional intimacy, and then she wants to be an essential counterpart, as Eve was called to be for Adam, as Mary is for Jesus, and Joseph as the church is for Christ, the essential counterpart. And then they're to be on mission together, included, part of everything together. So we need to address her universal needs and then look at her heart. And just as Jesus said to Simon the Pharisee when Mary Magdalene, or if it was Mary Magdalene, who came in to anoint his feet, Simon's like, if this man knew what kind of sinner this was, he wouldn't be letting her touch him. And Jesus says, Simon, do you see her? Mm. Do we see our wives? Do we see a boss? Or do we see a person? Do we do we see a person that wants to be loved, wants to be chosen, wants to be the most important person in our world? Yeah, amen. Awesome. I'm glad we finished with that because it's so important. Devin, Devin Shad, thanks so much. Again, please, uh, dear listeners, especially on this weekend as we celebrate fathers, uh, go to the website, fathersofstjoseph.org, fathersofstjoseph.org. Devin Shad has been our guest, and he's the co-founder of Fathers of St. Joseph. And uh, plan on spending some time on that website because there are a lot of resources there. And uh, Devin, I hope you and uh, your five kids and your wife have a, a wonderful celebration this weekend. Happy Father's Day in advance. And uh, Thanks so much for joining us today. You too, Dave. God bless you. Yeah, and this is GRN Alive here on Friday uh, morning, and we have another segment. We're going to take a quick break before that. Thank you so much. This is uh, the Friday edition of GRN Alive. God bless you. We'll be right back. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic health care in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your health care dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all health care needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic health care by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. The new and improved GRNOnline.com is now available. Hi, Joe McLean here, and I am so excited. GRNOnline.com just became so much better. Log on today. Enable location services so that you can find the local station information, the local program. Listen to your local GRN station right now. Get the podcast, events, and more, plus all of the network shows that you love the most. Again, grnonline.com. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. I've never heard y'all before. There is this lady with her big white SUV, and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath. Put it on y'all's radio station anyhow, and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs, and they lead you into the right direction. I just appreciate you and God's for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is him and it's okay. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to GRN Alive here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. It is Friday, June 19th. We're a couple of days uh, away from Father's Day and uh, really enjoyed that last conversation. And I have another great conversation to uh, provide for you on the program. I am delighted to have on the phone with me uh, John Stotts. He is a spokesperson for Catholic Bible Press. He also serves as Director of Adult Formation for Christ the King Catholic Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And we're going to be talking about the importance of praying with the scriptures during these difficult times. I mean, 2020 has been a challenging year. I think there's, and, and nobody has been exempted from it. It has been challenging. And what better thing to do than to turn to scripture? And it might, might be a good, you know, Father's Day gift is to buy dad a Bible. And so, uh, John Stotts, thanks, thanks for being on the program with us today. Good to talk to you. Uh, happy, happy to be here, Father Dave. And just pointing out 2020 is not even half over. Uh, oh, thanks well, uh, for the reminder. We'll see what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, all right, so hey, let's. Uh, I almost kind of giggled uh, and uh, an interview on Catholic radio about the importance of reading scripture, and you're thinking like, duh, you know, that's uh, that's uh, you know, it's kind of like you know, we need to eat healthy, uh, but you know, I think we all need that reminder, especially perhaps during times like this that have been so challenging that we may get so busy we don't remember about scripture. So, just generally speaking, sure. talk about why perhaps more than ever in our lives, digging into Scripture might be the the, the medicine we need spiritually. Uh, well, you know, I think there are a couple ways of going at this, but I think it's first important to recognize that, you know, across this country, you know, Catholics of goodwill who are used to going to Mass every Sunday have have had to deal with the greatest absence in their life of their of our primary connection with God and one another. Um, you know, even when we're able to connect on... Um, on social media or, or video and see mass still, you know, the way that we tend, at least in my experience, to feel that live sense of connection with God and with our community is through uh, being present at the Sunday mass and receiving communion. And without that sense of connection, um, you know, and talking with folks in my own parish, uh, we can feel really lost. And I have found that while, you know, while the Bible is no replacement for or substitute for, for our sacraments, it has a different purpose in our, our life. It can still, it can help us to be oriented to, to what's going on. And it can remind us, um, I, I think that, that God is always at work. Um, you know, whether we're able to make it to the liturgy or, or not, or whether we feel connected or not, um, that sense of connectedness is, uh, is underneath all of the feelings that, that may make it evident to us. Um, and again, so I think the scriptures provide us with so many accounts of how this unfolds that we can we can be reminded that no matter how how distant we feel, um, you know, the bonds of unity between ourselves and the Lord and one another are just as real as they were last time we went to mass. Uh, yeah, they're just 
hidden. That is for sure. And let's talk a little bit about the way Scripture is used in the Mass. I know sometimes Catholics are accused of, you know, not being Bible, you know, lovers or Bible readers. But, you know, every Mass is just loaded with Scripture. And we get Psalms and we get Gospel. We typically get an Old Testament reading. There's a, there's a lot of Scripture to, to soak in every time we go to Mass, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we... Our, our, our understanding of scripture, I think, is often less on the level of comprehension uh, and more on the level of familiarity. It's, it's in our bones, so to speak, especially for those who grew up in this church. Um, things resonate with us. And, and, and I find that even when people come back to church after being gone for so long, uh, the mass is immediately familiar because of the language. Uh, that is of, of just the way that, shape, that scripture shapes uh, everything that goes on. So there's that real sense of familiarity and closeness um, without even needing to be proficient biblical scholars or, or to, to have a deep knowledge. So, of course, those things are always, always beneficial. Yeah, you know, we, we're talking about this in this segment, connecting to God and the sacred scriptures. And I, I have gotten back into the habit of reading scripture every day. I've got one of those uh, daily Bibles where I get, uh, you know, an Old Testament, New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverb. And, you know, there, there are certainly sometimes, especially in the Gospels, where it's easy because you're reading about the life of Christ. But you get into some of these books mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Numbers or Leviticus. And, you know, it could be, yeah, and you know, this is an age old question about, you know, how do I, how do I connect with God in, in some of these books that just seem, uh, you know, they're not th- that interesting. Or, or even, you know, in some, yeah. some just stories. And Genesis is an interesting book, but it's, you know, the stories of people's lives and the patriarchs. And so would you say that, all parts of Scripture uh, can be used equally to really come into that deep relationship with God? Um, I think the key word there is equally. Uh, and the answer, if we're talking about equally, is, is no. As you pointed out, um, you know, the Gospels are written for a specific reason, um, to, to provide overt witness to, uh, to the workings of Christ uh, and, and to the God that he comes to reveal to us. Um, and, and that in a sense, is easy, um, and it's good for us. Numbers, though, is embedded in a long history that's still the same, the same working of the same God, um, but it's mediated in that it's given to us um, in a way that's a little bit more removed than the immediacy of the Gospels. To understand numbers um, and to, to, I think, gain spiritually from it, you really have to have a good understanding of, of what was God was doing when yeah. God elected Israel in the first place and how the law functions that's not to say it's not incredibly useful, but I do think the bar is a bit higher for some books if we're going to um, to decipher their meaning. And for that reason, it can be rich to do so. Um, but but I don't think we can come at the scriptures saying, "Well, I love First John, so therefore, when I when I crack open Leviticus, I ought to receive the same kind of consolation." <laughs> that may not be how God intends for us to use use that book. Yeah, might be setting yourself up for disappointment, too, if you say that. Uh, uh, John Stotts is spokesperson for Catholic Bible Press. He's director of adult formation for Christ the King Catholic Church in Nashville, Tennessee. I want to direct everybody to the website catholicbiblepress.com. You can get some great resources there. There's uh, blogs and information about uh, purchasing Bibles. And like I said, I don't know if it'll get there by uh, Father's Day, but that is a beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, idea for a Father's Day gift, even if it comes a few days afterwards, uh, CatholicBiblePress.com. And John, I want to ask you about your role there at Christ the King Catholic Church in Nashville as Director of Adult Formation. Um, 
in in regard to formation, RCIA, um, you know, continuing ed in a religious standpoint, uh, how do you best incorporate scripture into the overall formation of, of folks at your parish? Um, I think the the word I would use to um, to encapsulate my general method for using scripture is exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, either a little bit or a lot, uh, just constantly exposing people to the scriptures in a, a variety of different ways, whether it's overt study, um, you know, say when our RCIA catechumens are dismissed um, to go reflect on the gospel, or even using a psalm to end any kind of particular group or adult education session. Um, just getting people exposed to to the scriptures goes a long way in introducing and modeling how we can use them in a variety of different ways. It doesn't always have to be sitting down and studying it. Um, it can be using it as prayer or using it to pose greater greater reflection. Um, but I do try to use Scripture um, in little ways in pretty much everything that I do. I remember back when I was uh, really coming back into the full participation of my Catholic faith back around the, the turn of the millennium uh, as a, a young, much younger man than I am now. And you got the Dr. Scott Hans and the Steve Rays and the, you know, the, these mm-hmm. you know, famous converts to the Catholic Church who are really bringing the Bible alive. And I, I remember back then, you know, the, the Catholics, like I mentioned earlier, did not have a reputation for, <laughs> for digging into scripture as much as Protestants do. And I, my question to you is, do you think that's changing? Do you think over the last, and I'm not saying it's just because of these guys, these apologists that I mentioned, but is, is there a, a greater appreciation among Catholic faithful in general, you'd say, where that uh, maybe catching up to our Protestant brothers and sisters in a way in that regard? Uh, to some degree, yes. I would say um, in my experience, and, and of course I, I, um, I wasn't alive back in the days when virtually no Catholics read the scriptures, mm-hmm. so that's all anecdotal, but um, the, the people I work with have definitely a greater appreciation for the importance of the scriptures uh, in a general sense. Now, whether that always corresponds to a personal familiarity and comprehension, uh, that's not always clear to me. Um, you know, I don't, I, I still think it's true, uh, probably true across the board that certain kinds of Protestants uh, read the Bible a whole lot more closely and readily um, than Catholics in general. Um, but I'm also not convinced that that's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, to go into that, I would just say that we use the scriptures in a, in a different way um, than many of our Protestant brothers and sisters, um, which isn't to say that we couldn't all benefit from reading them more carefully. Um, but, you know, for us, as I've heard it put before, the scriptures are the book of the church. Um, and we read it with the church and in order to be connected to God through being connected to the church, um, as opposed to a different model where the church is sort of the group that reads the Bible together. Um, and so while I don't think, you know, Catholics have acquired in general the level of familiarity, being able to quote chapter and verse um, in any occasion, uh, I'm not even sure that that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at the same time, I'm always promoting, you know, greater, um, greater comprehension of the scriptures because I think it does help us to understand the pattern of the divine drama in our own lives and yeah. that's a trustworthy source for understanding that. You know, I, I would like to ask you about the challenges of the modern age. You know, I'm, I've got my iPhone here a foot from me and it's 
always readily accessible if I want to jump on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or, you know, there's so many distractions. And I'd hate to see a comparison to how much time I spend in scripture versus social media. I think it'd be embarrassing if I saw that for myself. But tell us about that, just the the distractions that we have today, especially because of, um, you know, these these smartphones and these things. It, it Sometimes it's hard to spend the time that we need to spend digging in Scripture, isn't it? I, I think it is. And I think when we get used to devouring content in something the length of a tweet and ignoring anything that we can't easily comprehend, uh, when we turn to the Scriptures, we might find that we just get bored. Um, because, frankly, I, the way that I think God intends for us to use them uh, you know, as faithful Christians requires a certain kind of attentiveness um, and a willingness to sit with passages for as long as we can uh, in, in the hopes that that God, who is hidden, will speak to us. But that's not going to happen if we can't actually sit down for longer than five minutes without getting antsy, yeah. um, which is something that we've trained our bodies to do. Uh, my favorite way of reading scripture is is Lexio Divina, which is just fancy churchy language for, you know, spending a lot of time slowly reading and praying through the scriptures. And I can definitely tell a difference on the days when I wake up and the first thing that I do is, is crack open the scriptures. Um, the quality of my attention versus at the end of the day at work with, you know, lots of reading of Twitter and Facebook and staring at screens and being um, just distracted it's harder to get in, um, and, and that's. You know, I think that's true just at the level of, of biology, uh, of mm-hmm. the level of how this changes our brains. Um, and that doesn't just have to do with scripture. We could talk a lot about how it shapes our interactions with one another, our ability to attend at the liturgy. Um, I think that's all related uh, to to our ability to be to be mindful in the present. Um, but it certainly has a bearing on how we how we read the scriptures. Yeah. Give us a little bit more on Lexio Divina, because I'm familiar with it. I, I really struggle with it because, you know, I, you know, let's say I open up John 1, 1, and, you know, in, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then I say to myself, okay, do I need to stop there? <laughs> do I keep going? You know, like, okay. And, and, and you know, I, I don't, I don't, I guess, know how to do it. Can you give us a little, uh, you don't have to give an example exactly, but how does one do it or maybe give a recommendation to where one might start in the Psalms or Proverbs or the Gospels of how one might really get the best out of that form of prayer? Sure. So uh, my understanding of Lexio Divina is that um, it's a practice that sets aside time and space to let God speak to us through the scriptures. Um, but, but the first thing to understand is that God speaking us through the scriptures may occur at a level that, um, that we're not overtly aware of. Um, just that in our engagement with, with this trusted written record um, of what God has done, the spirit can operate in the depths of our consciousness. And it's our willingness to place ourselves in that time and in that space um, that, that makes it fruitful. And once we have that understanding, we can put aside, I think, the desire to get something out of our, our time of, of studying Scripture. And I think that's a trap we can fall into with anything in the spiritual life, whether it's the Mass um, or any kind of spiritual reading of the Scriptures. It's this at the end of it, I better have gotten something out of, because we don't always know 
what God is doing. Um, Lexio Divina as a practice is the discipline of returning over and over again. I'm going to use this word again of exposure, exposing ourselves to the scriptures as this written trustworthy record of how God has acted in history, trusting that as we expose ourselves to that record, we will begin to see its resonances in our everyday life. We can't make that happen. We Lexio is about opening up and inviting God to make that happen in us. Um, But, but, you know, if, if John one, one doesn't do anything for you, you can move on to John one, two, and and (laughs) that can be a good practice of, you know, Lexio is simultaneously paying attention to the scripture in front of us, but also to, to the person doing the reading. That is to me looking for that resonance, looking for that aha moment of something caught me. And oftentimes we don't even know why it did. There's just a pause. Uh, huh? And Lexio is about stopping at that moment, not going any further and sitting there and, and letting that take us, take us down. Uh, the desert fathers used, used the, uh, the image of a cow chewing its cud. Mm. Um, you know, these, these are men and women who didn't really have Bibles. They had what they, whatever they had memorized in front of them. Yeah. And so they could, they could chew a single verse from a psalm for hours and get all the meaning they could out of it um, in tremendously creative ways. And while that may fly in the, the face of certain kinds of reading the Bible, especially, um, you know, sort of an academic approach to understanding the meaning of the author, I do think it's complementary to that. Um, and that, that by putting ourselves in front of the scriptures and being willing to, to be taught by them and be instructed by them and be disciplined by them, uh, that's at a level of transformation of the will, of the heart. Um, but it's not always very satisfying. You know, we yeah. don't always get smarter or feel better. And that's just part of any relationship. I don't, you know, I hang out with my wife a lot, but, you know, sometimes it's just hanging out. It's not like deep, meaningful conversation. Yeah. But without those moments of, of routine, the the moments of, of deep, meaningful conversations are going to be pretty limited. Yeah. Father John Ricardo calls it uh, wasting time with God. I, I love that that comparison. That's, that's perfect. Um, yeah. That's perfect. John Stotts joining us. Uh, just a few minutes remaining. I do in, uh, direct you to go to the website catholicbiblepress.com. I got an exciting uh, uh, announcement to make here in a couple of minutes as we're closing out. I didn't want to make it before because I want you to listen to the interview, but uh, give you a chance to to. Get a couple of Bibles, uh, well, one each. You know, you can get one and somebody else gets one. But, uh, John, just, you know, we started off talking about these just really strange times we're living in right now. 2020, I'm, I'm 53, and this has been, I don't ever remember anything like what we've seen these last uh, month or two in my life with COVID and the riots and you know, just all, all the, the crazy stuff that's been going on in the culture. Can you point to a, a passage or two, or maybe somebody's just saying, I need comfort. I need to dig into the Bible and just read something that's going to give me peace. Uh, any, anything come to mind, or can you direct our listeners to something in the scripture that would uh, perhaps give them some peace during the these difficult times? Um, well, you know, I'm always reticent to, to promise peace. Yeah. I'm mindful of the Lord's words. You know, what are those who are shouting peace, peace? But one, one passage that always sticks with me, um, it's a story in, in the book of Mark. And uh, it's in chapter four, and, and I'm sure many people will recognize it immediately. The disciples get in a boat with Jesus, and he falls asleep. And it starts to storm, and they're in fear for their lives, and they panic, um, and they they have to wake him up because uh, he's he's asleep in the midst of the storm. And they say, "Don't you even care about us? We're we're drowning here." 
uh, and he stands up and he says to the wind in the water, quiet, and they quiet. And he turns to them and says, why are you so afraid? Don't you believe in me? Don't you have faith? And I think, um, and maybe that offers less peace than, than a needed reminder that, um, while these times may be new for us right now, uh, for many people, they're not new. For many people, this is a repetition of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly in the church's life, um, you know, conflicts like this, political, social unrest, uh, these things have happened in a variety of forms. Um, and and uh, that's no surprise. What seems to surprise Jesus in this passage is that we're unable to trust that even though he seems like he's asleep, uh, he is the Lord of the wind and the waters. And, and we can trust him. Um, without, without panicking. I think when people get panicked, they make rash decisions uh, and don't, don't think carefully. Um, so that's what I would have to offer uh, yeah. this passage from Mark 4. Yeah, that's a great example. I appreciate that very much. Uh, we are out of time. John, I want to thank you um, for your time on the show this morning. John Stotts is spokesperson for Catholic Bible Press, uh, Director of Adult Formation at Christ the King Catholic Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, the website for that we just invite everybody to look to, to visit is catholicbiblepress.com. And I want to thank my uh, friend Kevin Wandra from Carmel Communications. He's the one that set up the interview with John. And uh, he sent me an email and said, I can offer your listeners two giveaway copies of Catholic Bible Press's New revised standard version, that's the NRSV Catholic edition, okay? So this is the exciting announcement. Uh, Sissel is standing by the phones right now. She is standing there waiting for the phone to ring, okay? So the first two of you that call up and just say, hey, I want the Bible, and she'll get your uh, phone number and email address, and uh, we will get it sent off to you in, in, in short time, okay? Here's the, here's the phone number to call, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And I'm guessing if you don't call in the next 30 seconds, you're probably not going to be the winner because uh, we'll get a lot of calls right now. (laughs) So, again, that phone number, 877-757-9424. And, uh, John, thanks again for your time uh, today. Anything, uh, last comment or anything you want to say to our listeners before we let you go? just read the Bible, man. Read the Bible and pray. You'll feel better. <laughs> All right. Read the Bible. That'd be a great bumper sticker, wouldn't it? Read the Bible and pray. Uh, John, thanks so much. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening this morning. And I uh, hope all the fathers have a wonderful Father's Day. And uh, like I said, good idea for a Father's Day gift is a good old Bible. He's, he's going to appreciate it and treasure it his entire life. Uh, so all the fathers out there, be strong. God bless you. And thanks for uh, all you do for your families. And thanks to uh, Cecil Anderson and Diane and the whole crew here. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend. And thanks to both of our guests from today. God bless you. This has been GRN Alive here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please tune in tomorrow uh, for the replay of GRN Alive. And I think it's 9 o'clock Central Time. And then Monday morning, Joe McLean is going to uh, be with us with GRN Alive Monday edition. So please tune in to that, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. 
and may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Where are you towing that car? Just making a tax-deductible car donation to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Man, that GRN is a life-changer. Well, that's charitable of you. And did I mention tax-deductible? <laughs> to be like Mater and donate your car, call 866-628-2277 or visit grnonline.com and click on Donate. Man, you'll get a tax deduction. Guadalupe Radio Network wants you to know, and such is the force and power of the Word of God, that it can serve the church as her support and vigor, and the children of the church as strength for their faith, food for the soul, and a pure and lasting fount of spiritual life. Hence, access to sacred scripture ought to be open wide to the Christian faithful. God is the author of sacred scripture because He inspired its human authors. He acts in them and by means of them. He thus gives assurance that their writings teach without error His saving truth. Paragraphs 131 and 136 in the Catechism. Read and learn more today in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The University of Dallas will host a virtual Encore event on Thursday, June 18th at 12 p.m. The Encore Lecture Series focuses on reframing core curriculum topics in fresh perspective.